you want people to do things, giving them a good kicking is not a great start. So you have right. to work out what's in your joint interests and then take it from there. And an incoming Secretary of State or Minister has to work out internally in government what other ministers, what other departments are going to be objecting to what you're doing. Can you persuade them that actually not only do you know what you're doing, but actually you've engaged them, that they, they are not just going through the Mandarin of everybody seeing each other's reports ticking them off so that every Secretary of State gets the same lowest common denominator report, but actually departments see that they're part of the process. So it's quite a delicate one, this, because ministers are learning as they go along. I mean, I I learned as I went along. I would make a much better Secretary of State now than I did in the eight years I was doing it. That's interesting, because you've had, you've had time to reflect. Time to reflect, to reflect on what went wrong and what part I played in it going wrong. For instance, I, I, although I say it myself, I was very good at building a ministerial team and engaging Sorry. advisors and reaching out. I was terrible with my fellow cabinet ministers, always wanted my way, which is understandable, but I wanted it in the way I wanted it. I didn't always explain. I certainly didn't always do the smoozing, and I'm afraid you do have to in a way that I wasn't good at in terms of having a drink with someone, trying to work through why they object to what you're doing, where they're coming from. It, can I give them a bit of credit for what I'm doing? I used to think through what's the best way of dealing with the Chancellor, Gordon Brown? Well, the best way was always to make Gordon think that it was his idea. And something human about that, actually. And so long as I didn't mind taking part of the credit rather than the whole of the credit, we got on fine. Actually, having a good relationship externally with colleagues outside your immediate brief really does, I think, make a difference. If I try to summarise what you've been saying for, for, for advice to ministers, there's a, there's a thing about being calm in a crisis. There's a thing about knowing what you want what you're trying to do uh, and sticking to it. And there's a thing about building relationships with the civil servants, with the team around you and with your cabinet colleagues uh, and obviously into number 10. Share with your ministers. Some ministers don't actually know what the Secretary of State's doing. They've no idea what the, 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 the big issues that he or she wants tackling really are because they don't even have team meetings. So, you know, it might be maybe tedious to have a weekly team meeting. It's absolutely crucial. You, you're cascading out, but they're, they're also contributing in. So you're not just telling them, you're hearing them as to what they're picking up as well. And probably my most important message to any minister is, for God's sake, be, a, be capable of making decisions. If you don't make a decision, you've effectively made a decision because things will carry on as they always have. And if you're not capable of making a decision, I suggest you go and find something else to do. Yes, you and I could probably both name ministers, but we're not going to, where the decisions queued up in their entry, as it were, and never got done. They sent it back for, I just need a bit more. I just need a bit more reassurance. I just need, they didn't need that at all. They just couldn't actually make their mind up. When we were together in the, in the education department, but but then later when you're in the home office, you've got that crisis, you've got all the pressure of the Home Office, immigration you've mentioned, we had rising crime for a little while at the very beginning of your term of office, or certainly in some crime types. You weren't confident of the people around you in the Home Office. 
How do you keep yourself motivated when everything seems to be falling apart? Well, I was fortunate that although I neglected friends and family, I had very good friends. So I always had some bunker to go to, even if it wasn't often enough. But my main strength was actually back in the community. It was back with people who taught me what wasn't working. You know, when we said we were doing things and I was back in the constituency and people understood that it wasn't happening, that was a strength in terms of going back with real evidence. And I suppose I'd say to anybody, I didn't have the kind of hinterland that Dennis Healy had or the capacity to work three days a week like Roy Jenkins in a totally different era. But I did have countryside to walk in. I did have a love of poetry and still do. I still was able sometimes just to sit down and have a meal and just be a normal human being. And whatever it is that the person has that's of an interest might be completely different to me. Do it and learn a bit from me. My work-life balance was shocking. If you can actually take not just a Sunday afternoon off, but you can take the whole of Sunday off, then you'll be a better human being, seriously. And you convince yourself that you've just got to do more and more and more. And, you know, the world will fall apart if you're not on top of every single element. That was my mistake. Don't do that. Actually understand that, you know, touching life outside is is like a regenerator. Just put your foot down, find a new way of working and take Sunday off. Thank you.